King Gates, you are the savior. What up, Tony Bruno? You're now listening to the finest sports radio show. You're now tuned to the Tony Bruno Show. What you don't know about sports, Tony Bruno knows. Hot Sports Radio. Let's talk about today. Plays, news, headlines, and what's an outrage. What up Wednesdays? We got hockey action, yo. Flyers, Phillies, Sixers, Eagles, Hall of Famers, come and go. Thank God it's Friday. Let's rob and get the corkscrew. Tim, tell Tony that he's my favorite sports team. Bring the wood. Step to the plate. Just like the NBA, we going hard in the paint. Million dollar voice, you heard him on John Madden. He's bald like the Eagles, you're an honorary captain. Download the podcast, follow on Twitter. One of sports radios, legendary figures. You're now tuned to the Tony Bruno Show. What you don't know about sports, Tony Bruno knows. You're now tuned to the Tony Bruno Show. Uh, tuba and trombone are in my future in 2020. I, I, you know, we play so many different instruments on this show, at least the air versions of it. Welcome. It is a Tuesday, January 7th, the day the NFL blew up. You thought it blew up over the weekend with the playoff games and the divisional round coming up this weekend, but the coaching carousel goes round and round and round and where it stops Nobody knows, but we have developing situations around the National Football League. Lots to cover today. Thanks for joining us. Tony Bruno here on Twitch.tv, Tony Bruno Show. Follow, like, subscribe for free with Amazon Prime. Subscribe for five bucks a month. For five bucks a month, you could probably throw that away in one week, supporting your favorite political candidate who is throwing money away that you're sending them with zero chance of ever becoming president of the United States. So just think of that. You can donate to whomever you want. But for what? What's five times 12, Robin? $60 a year. Yes. You could support this show for an entire, well, five times 10 is 50. Thank you, Robin. I mean, that's simple math. I don't even need an abacus (laughs) for that. Although we will be playing a block of ABBA in the second hour of today's show. Yes. Except dancing. No, except Mamma Mia. When I hear that song, when I used to hear it back in the day when it was a hit song on all the pop music stations, I liked it. Yes. When it became a movie and then a sequel no, and a musical, <laughs> I completely, completely, you want to talk about Triggered? Every time I hear Mamma Mia, I know, well, all I, made a I think about is those horrific movies with the guy who once played James Bond in it, which I- makes it even worse. <laughs> And I made the mistake of making that the uh, the music for whenever my mother calls. Yes, I know. I know. So now every time my mother calls, your face. Is and I just... hear that that Mama Mia song starts playing, especially with a couple of notes in the beginning. And I love your mom, <laughs> but when I hear Mama Mia anywhere, I, I get so triggered. I need to, I I need to change triggered. that. I need to change that. That's a bad. That was a bad choice. On now, my Fernando, part. there's a lot of great ABBA songs. By the way, I'm not an ABBA hater. I like Swedish blondes. I like Swedish fish. I like Ikea meatballs. So don't call me a hater of all things Swede. I love the blue Swede. I love blue suede shoes, which has nothing to do. And Robin, once again, continuing to litter 
the basement with empty water bottles just like this city of Philadelphia. And I want to thank Fox 29 this morning uh, for actually responding to residents in this city who have had enough like I have and talk about it every day. And again, I focus on local stuff. People talk about the national, the president, all that stuff. That's fine. You can talk about what you want. I tend to focus more, and before we get to this football stuff, on my neighborhood, my city where I live. I'm not, I'm not an aspiring politician. I'm not running for office. I'm not looking to get a groundswell of support. I have no desire to be in politics. I have a desire to walk outside on my streets in my city and not see trash piling up in every intersection. And then when it rains and the leaves from the trees that fall that don't get picked up unless people do that themselves. Like, I've been doing my entire life. My mom was doing it when I was a kid on this very street, Robin. People would come out, even though we had street cleaning back then. So all I'm about is taxation with representation. If you're paying your, ta- your taxes keep going up and services keep going away, the bottom line is this. We pay taxes so that our local governments provide us what they're supposed to. Streets, water, gas, electric, police protection, and sanitation services, right? Isn't that the function of government? That's why you pay taxes. Correct. Their job is to protect us and to provide us for the services necessary to live. Now, you get your own job and you provide your own income. They don't, they're not, it's not their job to, to pay me to live here. Well, they should because I should basically erase at least half of my tax dollars for the work that I do to clean up my own streets when the city refuses to do it. Now, there's a lot of slobs. I'm not saying that the problem in, in most cities now that are filth, filthy is that you have a lot of people that really don't care. You know, you have a street like ours where most of the people own their homes and then there are some people who rent homes. And unfortunately, this is not just a, a, an opinion knocking people. The people who rent tend to be those who don't really care for the most understand. part. I know, and I don't understand that. Like cigarette I mean, you're butts. still living there. Exactly, but it's like, I don't own this house. I'm just paying rent, so I'm going to throw trash. I'm going to throw my beer can in the corner culver, and then so when, they, when, they, when the rains come or when it starts to freeze, everything, you know, everything's blocked. And so there's a neighborhood that you and I pass every day, and the people here in South Philly are fed up with the trash dump, because when people see we like are an abandoned, fed up, and uh, we're not going to take it anymore. I just want to get this over quickly, because down at Eighth and McKean, where we drive by every day, coming when you go down to the city or go down mm-hmm. to Front Street to go shopping, right. we drive up McKean Street, which is the street next over, and we come from Front Street, mm-hmm. and the streets are numerical for those of you outside the city. And then there's one intersection where there's a corner that has a a, a cyclone fence, so it's a lot that doesn't have a property on it. And so they put a cyclone fence, whoever owns that. So what happens, somebody then throws their trash there. Yeah. And then other people see trash there, and they throw and their like, trash oh, there. Oh, this must and be where And then people drive trash. by, and then they throw their bottles and cans. Dump and it. then it becomes an absolute eyesore and a disgrace. And thankfully, the people in that neighborhood do what you're supposed to do when you care about your city. They finally called a TV station. The TV station and Rita Ann Provenzano... Had a face, has a Facebook page called Being Neighborly. It's the one that the city residents go on to complain about. And finally, because the mayor and the city had to be publicly humiliated on television, guess what happened? Jim Kenny stopped talking about mummers for a couple of minutes and sent out sanitation crews to clean up the neighborhood. What a concept. And that's my biggest problem and why I bitch about the Philadelphia mayor every day. Because they have forgotten 
not just this part of the city, but remember, South Philadelphia is where Jim Kenney was born, where he got all of his support from all the blue-collar, hard-working union people who helped propped him up from city councilman to mayor. And then he got in for four years and then turned his back on the very people who helped make him mayor. That's the problem that I have with any politician, whether it's national. You know, I can't do anything about Congress people and all these people who don't give a crap about the entire country. I care about my own city. And that's why I'm angry all the time on Twitter about this city and what's happening to it. It's a great city. It's one of the greatest places on earth. But when I drive around, and maybe it's because I'm anal. Maybe it's because my mom would go out and wash her steps and clean the streets every, every day. And that was back when we had street cleaning. We still have signs on our street, Robin, said, no parking Tuesday, street cleaning. The streets haven't been cleaned by the city for decades, yeah. yet they will still give people tickets for parking on some streets where they say they're street cleaning. Yeah. I've gotten a ticket on Broad Street claiming that my car was parked there between 7 and 9 a.m., uh, for street cleaning, which, by the way, they have the only time they clean main streets in this town is if there's political people in town, there's a convention in town that, that a lot of people will come in and they'll clean, and they do this everywhere. They'll clean the main streets so that when people come in from out of town, they won't see the rest of the city. You know what I mean? It's like when you have when you buy a house and it's a crappy house yeah, and yeah, you yeah. want to sell it, you paint the you paint the walls and then you try to make it look nice and cover you, up all you the stage it. It's staged. Exactly, exactly. By so the way, anyway. just here, just so that people see that this is not just like a this little isn't bit. Me, this isn't me being, you know, oh, I, 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 you know, I'm, a, I'm a hack. And all. No, I care about this city. And Robin can attest to this. What bothers me more than anything else, Robin, whether we were in California, no matter where we go, when I see filthy streets, I think of third world countries where they have no sanitation. I, don't under- I just don't understand the concept. Like, it would never occur to me just to throw trash out my window or out the... Even, or, or, even when I smoked, I, I never would throw a cigarette butt out the window. So in the background, for those of you who are watching on Twitch, you will see now the video running. This is our neighborhood. This is, this is just a couple blocks from us. And it is, it's, it, this is everywhere in the city. It's everywhere in the city. And it's not just this city. It's now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to be a part of a society where we worry about the climate. We're worried about... You know, all the plastic in the oceans, killing fish and stuff. I worry about it. When I go fishing, I don't throw, I know how to protect the oceans. I know how to keep the streets clean. And unfortunately, you have to have volunteers like this kid, Scott Pressler, Mm -hmm. who now goes around the country cleaning up Baltimore and all these other cities. And and for those of you who think I'm a hypocrite, go, and I'm going to pull some pictures later on, Robin, before we get to the, I just wanted to get this off my chest because this isn't a rant. This is just really something that bothers me deeply. You know, climate change, people are upset about that. Absolutely. And I always say, give me concrete, legitimate answers to fix climate change, and I'll be 100% in. But when people are setting arson fires in Australia, and there have been 100-plus people arrested because they know the brush is dry, same thing that happens in California. We lived out there. We saw brush fires all the time. Somebody throws a cigarette butt. Yeah. There's a lightning strike. One of the utility poles. People want to live in these beautiful hillside areas. But when there's no rain, it gets dry and fires start. And then people's houses and, and now half of a country is being destroyed because of the dry conditions. And again, enough about this. Well, I want for, people who care. I yes, care well, about P. where Witkowski I live. Yes, Witkowski apparently cares. He says he's str- street sweeping right now listening to us. And then... Um, uh, 
Gladney, North Carolina says, when did you guys move to Baghdad? And I, I, I joke around. I'll say, you know, this is a banana republic in a third world city, even though it's a beautiful city. And you go to the, the historic areas, you know, the places that are cleaned, the Liberty Bell area. You don't see trash down there because they make sure it's government property so it's maintained because they don't want to make this city look bad. You know, and this is, a, this is, a, this is the reason I live here. I grew up here. I could live anywhere. I moved back here after 11 years in California. All these other phonies who grew up in Philly and then move out west, they don't come back. They don't come back to their hometowns. I came back because I love this city. And so I'm only angry because of what I see happening to this city. I don't, again, I don't want to be a mayor. I don't want to be a city councilman. I don't want to be a ward leader. I don't want any of these jobs. Because the problem is when you get a job in city government, eventually you owe somebody something that helped you get there. And I don't want that. I'd rather be independent. You don't independent. like the idea of I'll scratch your back if you Quid scratch pro mine. Tony is not going to be a word. <laughs> you know, I don't have to go out and clean streets. I didn't have to have Bruno Broom Brigade this back in the 80s. This is actually a great idea, Clarky Bob. We should do this because then the hated parking authority would not be hated so much. If they did double duty, if they were both parking authority and street cleaners. So as they're walking around giving people uh, tickets, they clean up trash. By the way, Robin, the, the parking authority people are, are uh, independent, con- not yes, independent I know. contractors. But you know, it's a separate agency. It has nothing to do with the city. I get it. But they Unless should, when you, they except when you pay your, when you pay your fines, you send the check to the city of Philadelphia, even though they claim that the city has nothing to do but with I it. But I think that this is a great idea. Like in, in the no, city. No, it's not. You, can't, you have to have people that do the their special jobs. In the city of jobs. Santa Clara. Um, when they figured out that they could save a lot of money and it was actually um, much better for the city to have both the fire department and the police team up together. So 90% of the fire department and 90% of the the police department were uh, cross-trained. So if the police show up and it, they needed uh, firemen, they would just go in the back and put on their fire suits. And so everybody was double duty. I understand that, Robin. But you expect people who can't even pick up a bottle that they just finished and throw into the street to, to, be, to, to have another job to not write, write traffic tickets and then pick up trash. Okay, you're That's s- insane. It's not going to happen, You're Robin. saying why it can't happen. I'm saying it should. Oh, okay. Okay. That's just that's it. it would I'm looking be, for legi- I'm actually idea. looking for legitimate ways to fix problems. Well, that would be a legitimate. It's not a. Le- you think that people? You think the trash people, the guys, who, the sanitation crews, they work their asses off. It's a hard job. Absolutely, but, but they're not th- walking not, around cleaning stuff. But up. that's not their job. Their job. You're I supposed know. to put your trash that's out in I'm a saying. container. You're recycling out in a container. They throw it in the truck. Stop but, being such a negative, Nelly. I'm not negative. I'm trying to explain something to you, Robin. You're coming up with pie in the sky bullshit. I want legitimate, clear-cut facts on how you fix a problem. That's like saying, if we don't stop using oil right now, we're going to all die in 10 years. That's pie-in-the-sky bullshit. You know how you clean up the city? You don't rely on the stinking city hall and the sanitation department to come up and clean your neighborhoods. The East Pass Yonk area here where we live, which is one of the hottest neighborhoods in the city for restaurants, uh-huh. you know why Pass Yonk Avenue is clean? Because the restaurants and all the businesses hire a private company to clean the streets every night. But the very next street over from the East Passyunk District, and the same thing in the city, City Hall area, they have these people who clean up and they're paid to keep the main streets cleaned in Center City. That used to be the job of the city 
for which you pay taxes. So anyway, I'm upset. I, I was getting ready for the show. I've got all the football stuff, and then I see this story on my Twitter feed. South Philadelphia residents fed up with trash dumping. And I read the story, and I want to thank Fox 29, uh, Marcus Espinosa, for covering the story and going out with a camera crew. And so people can see the things that I say every day that outrage me. You know, if I were one of these, ah, who cares? So what? The, the sewer's clogged up, and now the drain is full of water, and the streets are going to freeze soon because it's going to get cold eventually, and then there's going to be ice skating rinks all over the city because those sewers are full of leaves, trash, debris, cigarette butts, not poop, though. The one good thing I'll say about Philly, we have not gotten to the San Francisco point where you have to be careful, in some neighborhoods, of course, and that's very, very, that's minor. That's not a big deal. You don't have to worry about stepping on a hypodermic needle or a steaming pile of poop when you walk down these streets. And people actually do pick up for their dogs when they walk them. Most of them do. By the way, I really hope Dean was listening to that because this was just proof you're zero to 60. Thank you. Just saying. Just saying. Thank you. Are you done? So you think you think this is like some shtick that I do, Robin? No, no, no. You don't no. think I'm really, truly <laughs> passionate about this? Do. You think I'm playing some role where I'm, 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 I'm being outraged just for the sake of being – you think I'm Skip Bayless – and my buddy Stephen A. know both of those guys where they get outraged about something every single day. Now, there's things that I could be outraged about every single day. Oh, I like this Burton Gas pea skating. Ooh, lovely. On Frozen Pond. Yes, frozen on Frozen Pea Pond. I drove by my old high school a couple of times because we go up to the Schuylkill Expressway mm-hmm. going up Moore Street here in Philly. And right in front of the school that is now a, a, a senior living center, Bishop Newman High School when I went there. It's a a senior center, and right across the street, there's a playground, and right across the street, there's a sewer in the middle of the street that when it rains, all that water goes in there. Correct. And there was a car. I'm not making this up. It looks like the scene from the Soleimani guy got blown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a... There's a car that is completely graffiti-ridden and burned beyond recognition. Burned to a crisp. It it may still be there. I should have taken a video of it. There is a car, a burned-out Hulk body of a car, a Nissan Altima, that has been burned, everything's burned out of it, and it's sitting there in front of this senior center, and right across the street, and you and I have seen this a lot, Robin, there's a culvert, a culvert is a sewer, and when the water and all the trash goes into it, it fills up, Mm -hmm. and then that water basically causes a lake to form right on that street in front of a playground, and so when it's cold at night, it freezes over the entire block where they have to come down and put salt on the street. So the cars we were drive there, by there. We were there one time, and it had frozen, and it was black ice. Yeah, so, exactly. It's like, dangerous. Like you, and you knew to expect it, so you slowed down enough, but I'm sure that there were people that did not, and who knows what happened it's, to them. It's dangerous for, for human beings who live here. This is, this is America. This isn't some country where you, you don't expect sanitation to be the best in the world. Wait, I have breaking news. We have breaking news now? Yes. I'm off of this. i got to get to the football. Raider Ross said that um, he or she finally figured out how to use Prime to subscribe. Yay, that is breaking that news. Is awesome. Let me give him a roaring round of applause. Well, I know. I I'm know, not good at this internet thingy myself, Robin. But I know. You have me do everything. <laughs> but it is. Except it, it, tweet, though. I do tweet myself. It's not that difficult, but it's not exactly clear. So for those of you who have any issues using your Amazon Prime account to subscribe to the Tony Bruno Show for free, 
Um, ask Raider Ross. <laughs> They've now figured it out. <laughs> it's a simple, it's so simple even a, a caveman can do it when he's uh, spending 15 minutes. If, uh, the other thing about all these commercials that are funny and now progressive, the Liberty Mutual. You notice all the I car insurance. I love that. Stuff. Liberty Biberty. I love that guy. That's I my know, favorite it's one. It's your favorite one. The, you know, the guy acting. He's supposed <laughs> to be doing that. Anyway, we know the characters. But if all these companies can spend millions and millions and millions of dollars outdoing each other with funny commercials, wouldn't they be better served lowering the rates even more by not spending the money to produce these expensive commercials so that we would save more on our car insurance? Anyway, enough about that. Let's get to football, Robin. I just wanted to do that because I wasn't even planning on any of this stuff. I was, I was, I'm here with all the football stuff going on. There's not one note on here about this trash in the city of Philadelphia with a This was just an instant rant. I'm glad, and that's what it it's takes. Like, when like we have to coffee. shame, when we have to shame our elected officials whose job it is to provide us the services for which we pay taxes, when you have to, it's called do your job, right? That's all you want, no matter what you do. Somebody hires you, they give you a job to do, and you're going to do it, baby! Beach Babe 1204 says, You graduated from Newman? My dad did, too. Class of 1969. I wish I could listen to the rest of the show. Gotta go. Have fun. Go Pack Go. I was class of 70. Or no class of 70. Actually, it was 69. The summer of 69. When we used to go to Goretti, which was the girls' school, now is Newman-Goretti, because Newman, my high school, is defunct, so they combined the two schools like they do in a lot of schools and cities. They'll combine. They used to be... You know, girls' school was Garetti, boys' school was Newman. And then, obviously, when things, you know, they start consolidating these schools. Mm -hmm. So newman Garetti now is one school, but it's down here. The Newman School building is now an old-age home. We don't call them old-age homes anymore, right? Because then I would be in one. Senior homes. Senior home. Like, I'm eligible to be there. But now the 55 communities are different. Yeah, that's different. Like, when you're a retirement home is... When you're still active and you just go into a community where a senior home is people that are being taken care of. Yeah, I need to be taken care of more than I am right now. Robin made a great shepherd pie last night. She made shepherd's pie last night and then throws the sink full of dishes in there. And I go clean it. And I say, Robin, can you at least put like water water in the cup or or a knife when you use it so that I don't mind cleaning the dishes? They were soaking, Tony. I I cleaned up You're half. You're soaking the di- in it. I cleaned up half the dishes. The only things that I and, do. And then she says to me, oh. "Well, I cook. You can at least clean." Yes. I said, "Robin, you only have to cook. I cook as much as you do. You cook once a week, for God's sake." And now you're going to start screaming and crying the blues. Wow. Who washes the clothes? Wow. I will just stop cooking for a while. Let's see what happens. That's fine with me. I'm self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I proved that in L.A. Yeah, that's why. I, I cook for myself. I clean for myself. Yes, you did. I, I took care of myself. I got my own chicks. I didn't need anybody to do anything for me. What's the matter with you? And now I do all of that. <laughs> I love sex. I cook for you. I love everything. Oh, I don't clean it. for you. I clean a little bit. Get Very you your little. chicks. Anyway, I don't want to make this. This isn't about the domestic uh, disper- disturbances. There's plenty of those. There, there'd be fighting. <laughs> As we learned yesterday, we learned yesterday, Clarky Bob, as he says, we learned yesterday on this very program, bishes don't do dishes. Exactly right. Robin's not a bish, though, anymore. Every now and then She's uh, She's been upgraded from bish. Bish is just a chick you're dating that comes over, and you can't expect her 
to clean the dishes. And Dean, you... Bish is like Luigi when he comes over Ugh. and he cooks. God. And he turns the entire kitchen into a disaster area. And then you have to bring in industrial strength clean cleaners. He's like the chef that you see on TV. All the food is already there. You know, they get all the ramekins and everything's ready with the ingredients. And then they just throw that in the sink and then some mm -hmm. poor slop has to come up and pick it up and take yeah, it out and clean, clean it. Anything. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace, as my mom would say. Anyway, let's get back to the action now. I've had my harangue for the day. Okay, are you done? Okay, can we move on to the pleasantries of the show? This isn't pleasure. This is the reality. See, sports is an escape from reality. Movies, TV shows, they're an escape from reality, right? And while everybody's watching all of these dumb Bachelor shows, and you can watch whatever you want, I'm watching Science Channel every night. I'm watching and learning things about our planet every single night. So you can watch what you want, but just let me be me, as Randall Cunningham once said when he was the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get it back to the National Football League. Because when I awakened this morning, at the crack of 10.30 a.m. A cold day, but not as cold as it should be on January 7th. With chances of snow flurries, finding out if the schools were closed, if schools will be closing and people will be letting out early after working a day and a half so far in the new year 2020. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. Because that's the first thing we do now. We've been conditioned. We wake up, first thing we worry about, the weather. Yes. Oh, snow flurries? Shit, I'll go out. I'm not going into work today. Oh, the kids? Did they announce the school closings yet? Not me. I jump out of bed and I get right to it. I make the trek down two stairwells to get there. Uphill both ways, by the way. <laughs> Even in snow, rain, sleet. <laughs> Your life is hard, 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 Tony. It oh. may look easy, but it's hard. But so I wake up this morning, and one thing that I guaranteed, and I even tweeted Adam Schefter this two weeks ago, Robin, and mm -hmm. that's another thing. We don't save tweets. We didn't We didn't play the Dean tape yesterday when I made the bet I, with him I about the I had it, pay. and then we went on, so. I said to Adam Schefter two weeks ago, a good friend, who, by the way, follows me, which just shows you, these are the kinds of people I really care about following me. I don't care about all these bloggers that don't want to follow me. I prefer... The people I, I like everybody to follow me, really. I mean, there are people with like five followers who follow me. I follow them back. Yep. I follow back. I'm not one of these guys who just looks for big names to follow me. When you remember, you follow them back. Exactly. If they follow me, or when I'll follow you. Them. It's that simple. You feeling me? I'll feel you. As long as it's consensual, of course. Meanwhile, so what happens this morning? I wake up, I come downstairs, put on a pot of coffee, which we don't do anymore. I just got the Keurig out and the, of course, the Nespresso with oh, the $72 God, a cup no, little it's not. things. No, we figured it's a little bit over a dollar. Still cheaper than any if you go out. It's still more expensive than we'd like to spend. But, man, that coffee's so good. Finding Nespresso oh. ones for the newer ones, the bigger. Yum, yum, yum. It's like find, It's easier to find crack cocaine yeah, in no, Philadelphia. Because you can get that out on the street. I only have to walk a block. <laughs> you want an espresso? You want Nespresso? <laughs> You want Nespresso capsules for the new machines? Which, no, the ones with the little ones you can find anywhere. Yeah. But Nespresso, it's like going to get it. It's like going to see the Pope to get access. Unless he, you, you know, you, he, you, you want to shake his hand 
and he's going to give you an espresso box of tablets, and then he smacks your hand because you're holding him too tight, and you just pulled his shoulder out of the socket, and then somebody's got to come in and Have snap it back. Have you ever smacked your, somebody's hand for trying to touch you? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> Are you kidding? I prefer reach arounds and people touching me. Yeah. I'm not why. No, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a germaphobe, but I don't like people coughing on me and things of that Pope, nature. I, I have a feeling the Pope is a germaphobe. He is. Maybe I don't know. Either that or his inner asshole is just sort of coming out now. Like yeah. at, at first he was all. Everybody loved nice. this guy. I went to see Even him with I my did. mom. Ed Nasta got his tickets with my mother yeah. and I. I took her in a wheelchair to go see the Pope when he was in Philly a few years ago, and now hashtag not my Pope. Not yeah. my Pope anymore. I'm sorry, a, Mr. Pope. There's been a couple things where I'm Francis, like, oh, wow. And here's the other thing about Popes that I don't get. And I'm a Catholic, by yeah. the way, so I can rip Catholics. That's the way it works. You're Italian, you could rip Italians. Okay. You're white, you could rip white people. You're Catholic, you can rip the Pope. Why does every Pope have to change their name? It's not even his real name. I like know. his name is, you know, Francisco Santo. Oh, Post Francis right now. Why do the Pope have to use aliases? That is bullshit. You know why? <laughs> Tony, I mean, you just you just showed why, because people would forget they would be saying Pope Francisco blah, 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 rather than just being able to say Pope Francis. No, like when Generalissimo Francisco Franco was the dictator uh-huh. and he died even when he was alive. And when David Letterman used to do, ladies and gentlemen, Generalissimo Francisco Franco is that was on Saturday Night Live in the news update. Uh-huh. Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. They would do that in the news clips back when the Saturday Night Live was funny. Generalissimo Francisco Franco. Exactly right. That is fun to say. Uh, It is fun. Francisco. Francisco. That's fun to say. Yeah. Let's get it back to football, Robin. Okay. Shall we? Yes. Don't turn it down. This is just the beginning. As I was saying previously on this program, Matt Rule would become a National Football League head coach this season. Mortal guaranteed stone cold lock. When Adam Schefter started talking about all these openings in the NFL that were going to come, Uh not uh as many as we thought, I tweeted back to Adam Schefter. I got to find that tweet, Robin. Matt Rule will be a head coach in the NFL this offseason. You said it. You said it. Now you... You said you were pretty sure, like you thought the likelihood of him going to the Giants was bigger. And you know why I thought that likelihood was Uh bigger? Because he was an assistant coach with the Giants. Right. And obviously he now, and he's had an incredible, you talk about an incredible story, because he went to Penn State. He was a linebacker at Penn State, Matt Uh Rule, right? Then he became a coach at Albright. Okay. So he he went from playing football to coaching at small schools, Albright. And you look at the places where he started coaching. Not a height coach now, remember. What's interesting, he went to Albright, then he went to Buffalo as a defensive line coach. Then he came to Temple in 2006. And he was at Temple from 2006 to 2011. And he did all kinds of things. You know, he was a defensive line coach, offensive guard coach, quarterback coach. Offensive coordinator, quarterback coach at Temple from 2006 to 2011. And then he leaves Temple. Remember, he's not the head coach at Temple yet. He's just an assistant coach moving up the food chain. And then the New York Giants hire him in 2012 to be an offensive line assistant coach with the New York football Giants. 
So he makes the jump from player to college assistant coach and goes to NFL assistant coach in Uh 2012. And he was only there one year in the NFL. Then he goes back to college and becomes the head coach at Temple in 2013. And that's where I got to meet him. Exactly. 2013. And obviously, he was the first coach in Temple history to take this team to back-to-back 10-win seasons. And when you do that and you're going to bowl games, and by the way, he's a great guy, too. He's not just a great coach. He and his family, great people, back-to-back 10 wins. And so what happens? You become a hot commodity. Baylor hires him in 2017, a program that was in deep shit with all kinds of problems. And he goes in there, bad first year, and then he takes him to a bowl game. So therefore, he becomes, again, another hot commodity guy, up-and-coming, young coach, 44, not that old. Mm -hmm. And so everybody thought that when – the New York Giants made the coaching change with Pat Shermer that Matt Rule was going to yeah. be the guy there. And Matt Rule probably thought he was going to be the guy there. Because remember, all of these coaches who are the hot commodities are getting interviewed by all of these teams that have openings. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to go to New York to be interviewed today. And the assumption was that once he goes to New York, that was, going to be done that was it. They're not going to let him leave. So what happens He talked to several other teams. The Carolina Panthers, who have an opening, obviously, and their former coach has already taken the Redskin job. Matt Rule talked to the Carolina Panthers, and they did not want him to leave. So when he went down there to Nashville, I mean, to uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, they said, we're not letting you leave, sucker. They locked him in a room. They they put him in shackles. They offered him a six-year contract to become the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And give Matt Rule credit, because there's been a lot of different angles in this story. The first story was the Carolina Panthers locked him up, which they did. But Matt Rule, to his credit, because he was supposed to go and interview with the Giants, he called the Giants and said, hey, I've got a deal here. I'm going to give you guys a chance to match it, and then I'll come to New York. So... He thought, you know, they wanted him. Yeah. He was thinking about that job as a possibility. That was really smart. But the Giants apparently, according to all the real good, quality, logical, legit NFL guys who do this Mm -hmm. closely and have great sources, not some guy who works at a radio station in Dallas, Texas, who thinks he knows what's going on with the Cowboys but doesn't and and starts spreading false rumors or hoping to become the guy that gets the scoop. It's not false rumors. You want to be the guy who gets it first and scoop everybody else. I want to be the guy that gets it right. And I've done I've I've done some things before where I jumped the gun. That's what happens when you're in this scoop mentality. So anyway, he calls uh, the New York Giants and says, hey, I'll give you a chance. I'm going to let you make the final offer. Make your move, sucker. Make your moves. And what happens? They say, sorry, Matt. We ain't doing that. Matt says, I'm I'm cool. (laughs) And he does speak some Italian, even though he's not Italian. He's a New York dude. And then you hear him. This is the actual phone call. Once the New York Giants called Matt Rule, or Matt Rule called them and said, you make it six years, I'll come to the Jersey Swamplands. And then Matt Rule said, Bafangul, eh? Exactly. So now he goes to Carolina. So he's locked in as the Carolina. So now the Giants are like, where are we going to go next? 
And there's a lot of candidates out there. So where do they go? To Philadelphia, where all the great coaches eventually have some sort of a pathway. You realize if you, you didn't, you, if they didn't start here, they've gone come through exactly. here. I they mean, have you look around the league. You Philadelphia look has only one degree of separation from pretty much exactly. Everybody. You look around basketball, the Philadelphia influence in college basketball, high school basketball, NBA basketball, the legendary coaches. Not all of them. Not every coach is from Philly, although they'd like to be. So now you got Ed Stefanski's son, who's the hot shot guy in Minnesota who was right here in Philadelphia, and the Eagles didn't see any reason to pick him up. So he's there with the Vikings moving on in the playoffs. You look around the league, and obviously there's a lot of guys from the Bill Belichick tree, the Andy Reid tree. But so the guy that the Giants then hired is a guy that obviously had an interview. They didn't just go through the phone book and look for names. They hired a guy by the name of, you know his name, Robin? No. Not Matt Judge. Not Judge Dredd, Joe Judge. Joe Judge. Joe Judge. Joe Judge. That sounds like a TV show. No, you're thinking of, uh, there's a bunch of people named Judge. Joe Judge, 38 years old. Born where, Robin? Philadelphia. I'm just guessing. You are correct. Graduated from Lansdale Catholic High School, where my daughter Deanna went to school up there in the great Montgomery County area. At least they stayed away from Delco, guys. They're trouble. Just ask uh, Donaghy. So Joe Judge, another guy who paid his dues, even though he's 38 years old. You're saying, a guy is 38 years old, how long could he be paying his dues? And there's some, uh, there's some gi- giant fans who are not happy with this hire as well. Joe Judge is a young guy, 38. I mentioned that, right? Joe Judge goes to become the head coach of the Giants. And you know what he's bringing with him, Robin? Five championship rings. Five championship rings. Three in the NFL with the New England Patriots as an assistant coach. And, oh, by the way, two from the University of Alabama Crimson Tide national champions. 14, 16, 18 with the Patriots as a wide receiver coach, special teams coach. Alabama. Roll, tie, roll. 09-11. Went to Mississippi State from Philly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Played there. Coached there. And then became a coach at, uh, well, he was an assistant. He was a student assistant at uh, Mississippi State. His first gig since when he left school. Then he went to Birmingham Southern. And then he went to Alabama as a special teams coach and won two national championships. The only guy that kept him from having Six championship. The only, the only team that catch, kept Joe Judge from having six championship rings instead of five? Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles. You know why? Why? Because the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or he would have how many championship rings just from the New England Patriots alone, Robin? By the way, Let's see if you're following with the math. I this is simple th- math, by the way. This is a common core math. Well, then it should be okay for you. Uh, but just real quick, thank you, Play Action Reel, for hosting the show on your Twitch channel. It's very simple. If anybody else wants to do it, uh, just like Play Action Reel did, just click on host the show. If you are on Twitch, you can do it. And even if you don't have any followers yourself, it does help uh, the profile of the show be seen by more and more people. So the more people we get to host and share, uh, the better. Not Judge Judy, not Judge Reinhold. 
and not Judge Wapner or Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. Joe Judge. No pre-judge. See, I love this. This is, this is, the, this is what I live for, Robin. Clarky Bog says, when Tony does his southern accent, he sounds and looks just like James Carville. Yes, indeed. Now, he's, <laughs> he doesn't have a southern accent. He's one of the Cajun boys. You know, Cajun a little different. You got to talk real fast. You don't understand a lot of things the Cajun say. <laughs> southern accent is a little more dignified. Yeah, it's a little bit more. You get down to the swamp. You get down to Louisiana. You get down there with them Cajuns. And they got that Cajun thing. Now you're not doing it right. You have to do the slow southern drawl. No, I'm doing Cajun first. Oh, okay. James Carbell, who we yes. had, we partied with. Yes, we did. In, at the win Las Vegas. We're sitting there in the MV, in the VIP suite with James Carbell. Dropping political knowledge and football knowledge at the same time. But there's a big difference between the Cajuns and the Southern boys and Alabama boys like Bear Bryant. Let me tell you something. You get Johnny Musso out there, and you got to pound that football. Just give it to Johnny Musso. You know what I'm saying? Not Judge Joe Brown and not Judge Mills Lane. And by the way, Burton Tony Gus. Bruno, wait, wait, I, Robert, let me finish okay. this. As Burton Gus says to the New York Giants, judge not lest ye be judged for all you Giant fans. And you know what they're doing now, which is all fan bases do. Like if the Eagles get a player, they get an assistant coach, they immediately go looking for dirt to find out why this guy was the wrong choice. They did it with Doug Peterson when they hired him. Doug Peterson? Why would you hire Doug Peterson? What's he done? He was a backup for all of his years. He's a backup in Green Bay. How the hell can he coach? Doug Peterson, we had Chucky out there. We had the Gus Bus. We had other guys with bigger names. Why would you hire Doug Peterson? And then they hired Doug Peterson, he wins a Super Bowl in two years. And so the Giant fans are going to do Not all of them. There are some educated Giant fans. And you know, an educated fan is our best customer. Because they all go up and see Cy and Marcy Sims. Yes. In New York. Uh <laughs> FYI, <laughs> Dean, I'm just pointing this out, Tony, because Dean has got my back right now, and we don't know He's how long He's got any that'll... woman's back no, 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 that he no. likes. We don't know how long that'll last, and I'm going to take advantage of it. He says, Tony, we talked about this yesterday. You went from even keel to ranted on Robin in a flash second. Cut that shit out. No, that's the way the human brain is supposed to work. No. You're supposed to be even keeled, even Steven. Yeah, but, you're, but little things should not just make you go Th- like these that. These are not little things oh. that force me to get <laughs> loud. Oh, it's your fault. First of all, it's being, it's being Italian, the Italian in me. Ugh. And I Excuses. have 150,000% Italian in me. I'm not some Bobo Italian. I'm not someone whose 72nd separation from his grandmom was in Italy. My Italian roots run deep. I have breaking news. By the way, the fabulous Russell Baxter is going to be on the show in about 15, 20 minutes. Oh, I love Russell Baxter. One of the, really, truly, one of the absolutely best guys who understands the game of the national Yes, and so he has all sorts of information on uh, the coaching moves and insider stuff, and he is from profootballguru.com if you want to follow him. Um, He's awesome, funny, great guy. Thank you. He will be on shortly. That's awesome. I love having people that know what they're talking about on. <laughs> it's, it's a nice change. And then we put callers on every <laughs> once in a while, too. <laughs> oh, I so love anyway, it. 
Back to oh, back, yeah. back to Joe Judge. I mean, just the uh, name alone. Yes. Is it Joseph Judge or we call you Joe? Joe Judge. Don't judge. How Joe about, Judge. How about Yo Joe Judge? Joe Judge. Hey, I know that guy. Up at Lansdale Catholic up there near Ambler. Up there in Lower Gwinnett Township. Nobody talks like that, by the way, up there in Lower Gwinnett Township or Upper Gwinnett Township. What the Lansdale. heck? What kind of mask is that? I didn't see it. It it's, it looked like, like a train engineer hat and then sandwiches circling your head. I like that. You know, I love trains. I love the railroads. I love watching train shows. I like turtles, too, but I'm a big train guy. Not the group train. They're Bert, good. Burton Gus says, I think he prefers JoJo Judge. Just has a ring to it. JoJo Judge. <laughs> I'm waiting for the New York tabloids, the New York Post and the New York Daily News to come up with the clever judge front page headlines for tomorrow's paper because this happened too soon. Of course, they can redo their uh, online editions of newspaper columns. You know, Robin, what are you doing now? What are you moving? Don't move the joint now, Robin. I would say John, but, you know, I don't say John anymore and never really have said John as long as it's been around. And even after, it's gone. So anyway, so Joe Judge... I mentioned his background, right? Five, could have been six, but thanks to the Eagles. I think he's going to be pissed. First of all, he's going to be coaching the Giants, who obviously play the Eagles twice a year. So the entire NFC East now, other than the Eagles, who may lose their defensive coordinator, and I'll get to that in a second. So the, the Giants have a new head coach, Joe Judge. His Philly roots run deep. So he'll be coaching the Giants with Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. And the Giants, when you look at them on paper, they've got talent. Yeah. So it so next year, while the NFC East was an absolute dumpster fire, overloaded sewer in South Philly this past season, the Giants are going to be better next year. The Washington Redskins will be better because they've got some young talent, and they have a quarterback in Dwayne Haskins who showed signs down the stretch when they let him play and get better each and every week. And the Dallas Cowboys have Mike McCarthy. So – Every other team in the worst division in football this past season now has a new head coach. Does that mean they're automatically going to become instantly better? No, but all of these teams, the Cowboys certainly, man for man had better talent than the Eagles who eventually won the division. Washington has some talent. I mean, their ownership group sucks. The owner said happy Thanksgiving the other day when he announced his new coach. Did you see that, Robin? That The owner of the Washington Redskins had a news conference when he announced that he was hiring Riverboat Ron Rivera as a new head coach, and he started the news session with the media by saying, Happy Thanksgiving. Not only was it not Thanksgiving, it wasn't even Christmas or New Year's. How do you pull Happy Thanksgiving out of your ass when you're sitting in Washington, D.C., and you rarely meet with the media to begin with, but this is your big moment. You're, you're hiring a new guy to run your football team, and you don't even know it's not Thanksgiving anymore? Explain that to me, Robin. Please. I need answers. He said, Happy Thanksgiving and Happy New Year's. I guess he's not a big Christmas guy. The Eagles went down there right before Christmas. And gave him a nice little surprise at the end. Santa came right down the chimney. Eagle defense came right down the chimney. Put that sucker down. The big red bag. 
So the NFC East, complete makeover day. Move that bus, they should be saying in the NFC East. Where is that guy anyway? He's, he's, what was his name? He's still pimping products on TV. I, I can't think I of his name. I used to really like him. Uh, can't think of it. Dancer, Prancer, Vixen. I think that's the new Eagles defensive secondary or the linebackers next year. We so have anyway, a, we so have a weather you- update in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Jack in the back says it is officially snowing. We have an official snow watch, Storm yes. Watch 2011. 2011? <laughs> what did you? I mean, I, the year changed, but we did not go back in time last time I checked. Yes, we have, Robin. We have gone back a long time. We are regret. Forget about progressing. Well, you we are regressing as a as a world. Speak for yourself. You are regressing for sure. <laughs> well, I'm getting older, Robin. You can't add new brain cells. You can only lose them. And and uh, Burton Gus says snow. We need to go get French toast to fix it. I know. I told you yesterday we should have gone out. We French stayed on the air till four o'clock. Damn it. Then we're trying to do work, and all of a sudden there's not going to be bread. There's not going to be milk. There's not going to be toilet paper. Oh, and yes, parking. Ty Pennington, that was his name. Thank Move you. that bus. Ty Thank you, Pennington, Trevor. Move that bus. That's what the NFC East just did. The bus has been moved. The Giants have a judge. The Eagles have a jury. And, of course, the Washington Redskins have an executioner. Well, Washington is nothing but executioners. They're trying to kill each other every day down there over power, those douchebags. Not Cliff Pennington and not Chad Pennington, former quarterback. And not C.C. Pennington, the great singer. How about that poll, Robin? That's pretty damn good. Well, you know who C.C. Pennington is, Robin? No, no, and neither does anybody else. These of course are the kind they of, do. These are the kind of information that's in your brain that, you know. You know you- who doesn't know? Crackers. Crackers like you. <laughs> with no soul, no rhythm, no blues. Look up C.C. Pennington, Robin. It's a female singer. C.C. The letter CC, and of course, the incompetent, inept, and almost totally worthless Spotify cannot find CC Pennington for me. It's not Spotify itself. It's just their their algorithm. Their, their algorithm, algorithm sucks, sucks worse than Al Gore's rhythm. I, Al Gore's rhythm is even worse. Except he got fat thanks to climate change hoaxes that he's been perpetrating on the public for thirty years. The best thing that ever happened to Al Gore is he didn't win the presidency. Because then he can go out and make billions of dollars while living in mansions and and burning more fuel and and destroying the atmosphere more than an entire state. Now, people are concerned, Tony. We just want to check. Yes. Tony, what year is it? 2020. Okay, there. That one will be easy. That'll be be easy to remember. All I got to think is about Hugh Downs. In fact, I may have to, instead of having our (laughs) Barbara Wawa and Hugh Downs. You forget Hugh Downs, don't you? Hugh Downs was the main guy on 2020. Right. Barbara Walters, who obviously he, was a He was the one that ended it all the time, right? Would, no, they were co-hosts. I know, but at the very, very end, who was it on 2020? Yeah, it was Hugh Downs. Okay. Can you Google Hugh, Hugh Downs, Robin? Not Hugh Douglas, who's still doing sports talk in the mornings down there in Atlanta, Georgia. Not Hugh Culverhouse, the former owner of the Tampa Bay Hugh Buccaneers. Down- oh, my God. God, he is still alive. Yes, Hugh Downs. He's 98 years old. And he looks great. Born February 14th, 1921. In Akron, Ohio. Hello. Holy. Dang. 98. When did he quit um, 2020? He was already really, 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 really old, right? When he, when what's, he with the, what's with the ageist hate here, Robin? First of all, 
you're a racist because you don't know who C.C. Pennington is. Secondly, you're calling a man who's a legendary broadcaster in one of the most influential television programs next to 60 Minutes. 2020 was must-watch television. No shit, it's old. God, I say God bless him. You say God damn him. <laughs> you you, you saying the same thing about Betty White? Betty White's old. What's wrong with her? You don't like her either, Robin, because she's old? Mr. Bruno, do not put words in my mouth. <laughs> not Hugh Beaumont. You know who Hugh Beaumont was, right? No. He was the beaver's dad, and leave it to <laughs> beaver. Beaver's going to... <laughs> okay. Not C.C. Sabathia, and it's C.C. Pennison, not Pennington. Thank you for the correction. C.C. C.E.C.E. Peniston. Peniston? Yes. P-E-N-I-S-T-O. Not Peniston. Although it's, it's penis with a T-O-N at the end, if that makes it easier for you. Just think of the word penis, penis. add a T-O-N, and it's C-C. Like it's, it's like C-C's, a ton. Like penis C-C's pizza, ton. except it's good. It's C-E-C-E, not C-I-C-I. Okay. Because C-C's pizza, you may as well get a piece of cardboard box and slap some pasta sauce on it. And some bad toppings, that's CeCe's Pizza, Robin. Am I right? And, of course, Hugh Downs also, as you know, and our great listening audience, he also hosted game shows, too. Did you know that, Robin? No. He did uh, Concentration. Oh, wait, like I, said, I do vaguely. Remember Concentration? Of course you don't. You have a phone. You can't concentrate. You and Luigi can't do anything without picking it up five seconds later. You're an addict. Last night, I'm watching this show about Australia and about the weather down there and about how in 2010, they had weather anomalies. They were having an unbelievable drought in the sun exactly 10 years ago this month where they're having another drought, which is leading to all these you know, dry brush and then arsonists setting fires everywhere and killing millions of animals because the gra- you know, it, was, it was dry there. And so, of course, it's climate change that caused this, killing the animals. No. It's arsonists who know that the grass is dry. There's 183 people that have already been arrested in Australia. Yeah, and they're the you know, and you know who's responsible 183 for killing people. all of these millions of animals? Not climate change, arsonists. And and dare I be a conspiracy theorist? But who benefits from all of this dry brush in this great country where we have friends? And a lot of really good friends going through this tragedy. Who benefits from setting arson in a dry climate in a hot summer where it is hot summer right now in, in, in Australia? Who benefits from setting arson? 178 arsonists. The climate scientist lying bastards. The climate frauds who want to make sure that we have to stop everything we're doing now because we're going to save Australia, which is dry right now. This is your friend Terry, who actually has information on Australia. We have an Australian update? Let's go down under. Terry, what's going on, man? Hey, Tony, I'm not from Australia. I'm your friend Terry, who loves tech, and I'm disappointed. I didn't realize you were a hardcore right-wing lunatic. I was trying to be friends with you. I'm not a hardcore right-wing lunatic. I'm a realist who looks at things objectively and doesn't have any agenda driven down my throat. 
I see Tony, things for what they you're are. You're an old man who's lost touch with the world and with with the current generation. And and you, I, I looked at your Twitter. It is an absolute mess. It, it's it it looks like my aunt's Twitter account. It, it's you're an old person. You're a baby boomer. You've lost touch. Oh, the absolutely. I've lost touch. Time. That's why I was cleaning up trash in the city in the '80s. When everybody else was sitting around jerking off and going to discotheques, guys like you. Speaking of tech, that's why. I wasn't that's even why alive I drove the, the first. 80s. I drove I wasn't the first. Even alive in the 80s, you old kook. I, w- I drove the first. Uh, I drove the the first Nissan Altima hybrid in the state of California, pal. While you were sitting there, probably in your gas guzzling mo- uh, motor. Uh, what do you call it? What are the Tony. Tony. Yes. Tony. You used to be a good radio host. You used to like. You used to you used to have something to say. Now listen to you. You get so worked up, but you can't even think of the next thing to say. You're a radio host. It's the only thing you're meant to do is think of the next thing to say, and you can't even do it. You're, you're letting yeah, your I'm, emotions. I'm not like. Get I, I know. I should have a teleprompter like all of our. I should be like Joe Biden, who is so lucid, who doesn't Donald even Trump know, who doesn't even know what state time. he's in. Joe Biden doesn't even know what city he's in. I at least know where I am. Where you live. You live in your mom's basement sitting there and masturbating to Hillary Clinton skin shots. That's what you do. Get him out of here. I never hang up on people. This guy is a douchebag. This guy is what's wrong with the world. This is a guy who sits at home and he worries about people having a different opinion. I give facts on the show. Facts are hundreds of people have been arrested in Australia. Is that a conspiracy theory, Robin? No, that is a fact. What did those hundreds, what did those people get arrested for in Australia? Arson. Arson. What does arson do when you set fire to things that are dry because there hasn't been rain? Because just like 10 years ago, where the climate changes all the time, they had a very bad hot spell in 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 the summer for them in 2010. This is documented fact. This isn't conspiracy theories. This isn't some right-wing uh, talking point. I don't have talking points. I don't listen to, to, to people on the right or left. I'm right down the middle. I'm not a Democrat. I used to be a Democrat, but I'm not a Republican either. That's the difference with all you jerk-offs out there who don't understand the difference. Just because you hate Donald Trump, go right ahead. The best part about America is you can hate Donald Trump. And you can spend every second of your life saying that this guy is a threat to the world and they have to impeach him now because there's no time and it's an existential threat and it's a constitutional crisis. Then we're all going to die if we don't impeach this guy and get him out. And then you go on vacation for 17 days and come back drunk and you still haven't done anything to fix anything. That's reality. That's the reality of the world I live in. Not slap dicks like this guy Terry who shouldn't even be allowed to have Internet access in his house the way he thinks. Hey, Tony Bruno, coming up in just a few minutes um, is going to be <laughs> Russell Baxter talking about stuff. They're Talking also, about stuff? Well, talking about all the, the NFL coaching changes. But um, I am just being made aware, and I'm trying to find all the information. Apparently You're just being made aware that that guy, Terry, who called well, before pretending to be a tech a, guy? And he said he was your friend, so I apologize. You know what? I'm going to have to fire you as a call screener, Robin. <laughs> yes. You are easier to dupe than Adam Schiff when a Russian calls and telling him that he has naked pictures of politicians. There's some major shakeup going on on Monday Night Football. Um, and I'm trying to just find just breaking out. Monday Night News? Now, yes, I, know, I, I don't even know the story, but I'm telling you what it is. And, it, and it's a shame. It really is. They are going to make a move. And you know why? 
because unfortunately, with all due respect to Booger McFarland, who I know, and I like the guy, Booger McFarland is the latest animal. Remember, he was on they, when they changed the latest change in the Monday Night Football booth a couple of years ago. When they, when they, you know, when they brought in Joe Tessitore to replace Sean Mc, Sean McDonough. Remember, Sean McDonough replaced Mike Tirico. I mean, you know, this has been changed in the Monday Night booth forever. The original guys, you know, they are the, 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 the Howard Cosell and those guys made Monday Night Football. But over the years, they kept bringing in new people, third people. Sometimes they'd have a two-man booth. They brought in Booger McFarland a couple years right. ago when they hired Jason Witten, and Jason Witten was in the booth, and then Booger was on that dumb contraption that they came up with ESPN where he was like on a, on a big crane rolling around the sidelines. And they just try to, you know, I don't have a problem with, with innovation or people trying to change things to make it better. But McFarland did the uh, playoff game, and I don't even know the story, but I'm telling you it has to do with Booger McFarland, does it not? Uh, yes. So according to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. Right, who's a media writer, one of the right. best in the country. He says that ESPN is moving on from veteran Monday Night Football producer Jay Rothman, and there could be also changes in the broadcast booth. Um, they're saying that the tandem of Joe Testor and Booger McFarlane, as you just said, didn't mesh very well, and that they are now looking at CBS's Tony Romo. Um, and um, let's see. They're trying to lure Romo away, apparently. Um, so and Romo, of course, with CBS, who's on their number one crew with, you know, with Hello There, Friends, who's another great broadcaster that people don't like because of the is, master this stuff. This is all blowing up, and I'm trying to get, gather as much of factual information rather than just speculation. Um, so I'll be working on that. Maybe Russell Baxter will know more information. When well, he Russell and I uh, were at ESPN for a long time yeah. back in the day. And again, I don't hate ESPN. I love it. I, I was there 10 years. And so I understand what they're doing. You know, unfortunately for Booger McFarland, he was put in the spotlight as their analyst. Joe Tessitore does a nice job, but people over, over go crazy over broadcast teams. People hate Joe Buck, even though he's one of the best to ever do it. The one guy that people don't hate is Kevin Harlan. I think we all can agree that Kevin Harlan's the best. Oh, God, and yes. there's a lot of great play-by-play uh, -play people. But ESPN's been dabbling with those Monday night football thing. And then Booger... Again, good guy, good, great player. You know, when he was doing the game over the weekend, when, when, this is what ESPN does. They know how to read the room, so to speak, eventually. They had Booger on there for a few years, and then over the weekend, he would make comments that were just, you know, like people would make fun of him is what I'm saying. Hey, you know, if they score a touchdown here, they can take the lead. Those kinds of things, obvious statements that you don't really have to have played the game at the highest levels or even know the game. And so, unfortunately for ESPN, you know, with Booger McFarlane on doing his job, when it's on a playoff game and it's not Monday night where not as many people as are, were watching as they used to, Booger McFarlane, people were mocking him on Twitter. And that was the problem. We have Dean here who has an opinion on this Booger McFarlane. Dean has an opinion on everything, and 90% and of the time he's wrong. What's up? Tony, that's fine. I, it, it, I am entitled to my opinion, and your show will allow me to express that. I think Bullock, Booger McFarland, my blood's boiling right now, Tony, when you just said Bullock McFarland's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. Tony, I think Booger McFarland is the biggest piece of shit walking the earth. Now, come on, now. I know why. he played. What did he do to you when he was with the Buccaneers? Let, let me tell you why. It ain't what he did to me. It's, it, it's how he disrespected Steve Dumeg when he died. You know, he, he, he was a nobody, and he had a show with Dumeg. And Dumeg took time out of his day constantly 
behind the scenes to take him under his wing and teach him about broadcasting. And when he died, Mike Allstott had a show with him. He showed up at his funeral. Uh, Philip Zito had a show with him. He showed up at it. Derek Brooks had a show with him. He showed up at it. He's the only dirtbag that didn't show up when Dumek died, and I think he's a scumbag. Well, a what, did, he have an, did he have an excuse for not being there? I mean, it's not that every – listen – I was there. I went down for the memorial service because Steve was a friend. Uh, Dave, Robin, I know you're cleaning the poop. Dean is angry. And, I get, you know, you can have your reasons for being angry. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I only met Booger McSafarland a couple times, even though I was on the air in, in Tampa. I didn't live down there. I, I was on the West Coast when I was doing shows, and I would go to Tampa a lot and do shows live from Tampa, just like I did in San Francisco and other markets. Sorry, I did not hear what he said. Because he was he's angry at Booger McFarland. Uh, because when Steve Dumig died, Steve Dumig helped Booger McFarlane get into broadcasting mm-hmm. because he played for the Buccaneers. And just like Mike Allstott, the former fullback for the Bucks, just like, uh, you know, he talked about a bunch of the players who played in Tampa who right. eventually went on to radio and TV gigs. And so Mike Allstott, uh, the former great linebackers for Tampa, Tampa had a lot of great players. And Booger McFarlane was one of those guys who made the step from, you know, on the field to broadcasting. And Steve Dumig brought him on the air and did a show with him in Tampa on 620 WDAE. So Dean is upset because when when uh, when Steve Dumig died, the sports radio host right. who was there forever, uh, he didn't show up at the funeral while many of the other players mm-hmm. who were working with, with Steve on the broadcasts, right. when Steve would have these guys co-hosting with him on football shows, like happens in a lot of cities. You know, you have a host who's well-known, and, you know, and especially if you're on the station that has the team's rights you know you get a player wip does here they bring in players on monday nights and do shows that happens in every city where there's an nfl franchise right. you know and dean i i understand why you're disappointed or angry because it's it's almost like it's a diss against steve i don't really see it that way um well I again i said many, i don't know what the excuse yeah, is he may have had a legitimate excuse yeah, did and, he diss steve Dumig? i don't think so not showing up at someone's funeral again i'm not defending if somebody is an ass I don't. I don't know oh. him. I don't but know just, him to be a jerk. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Oh God! It's not. That's Ooh. really, that's really oh, a poorly placed. Yeah, uh, that was oh. normally they're placed really well, but that's a that's a walk up sound that was not uh, placed very well, or somebody was just joining the show that uh, just happens to be. Anyway, and so I'm um, not going to do. I'm not going to do a personal yeah. attack based solely on, on somebody not showing up at a funeral. There's so many different reasons. Whether who knows what. And it again, could I'm be, not so. making excuses. Here's the, here's the thing, Rob. I'm not making excuses for anybody. I know that if I don't do something, I will tell you the reason why I wasn't someplace. But I know Dean and and Steve Dooming were very close. Steve and I were very close. And so now that Booger McFarland apparently may not be on Monday Night Football anymore. I'm not I'm not jumping up and down gleeful that somebody's losing their job. This is what happens in this business. You get hired, especially on the broadcasting side. Now, you can get hired. You can be, for example, if you're a player and you get drafted and they have to pay you a lot of money because you're a high draft pick, you show up and you stink. Most people don't have that luxury. You get hired by a company, whatever you do, and you show up and you stink at your job. You're going to get fired. And so a lot of athletes who get paid upfront guaranteed money, which they are entitled to because somebody's willing to pay it for, to them, and you show up and you don't play well, you know, you'll eventually get cut. 
But if you're a high draft pick and you get paid millions of dollars up front and you show up and you can't play, you still get some money for failing. Just like CEOs of big companies who show up, get paid a lot of money to get people fired, the, the company goes bad, and then you get fired, but you get a $50 million golden parachute. So it happens everywhere, and a man who knows this better than anybody, or as good as, or at least as well as, is the great Russell Baxter. One of my friends from ESPN days, one of the great research guys, one of the guys who goes well deep. He was an analytics guy before analytics were cool. Russell Baxter. What's going on, man? Not much. I, I, would, I, I really appreciate that comment. Uh, comment. Um, I, I think you're mixing it up, though. I was a person that some people thought needed an analyst, um, not necessarily analytics. Because of uh, you know the goofy way I did things, Tony. No, so. I know that. I'm just I, I want you know every, if you don't mention <laughs> analytics, if you don't appeal to the analytics crowd, then you're not cool. You know, if you're not an analytics guy anymore in these days in any sport, then you really just don't know enough to be to be speaking on these topics, Russell. No, that's, no, that I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's very true. If you don't break it down with the slide rule and and all the different things they do and so on, and I think sometimes. In this day and age, and I'm not saying that because I've been doing this a long time, sometimes you kind of get, you go with and by the basics when you go too deep, you know, and I I think that happens a lot. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, to me, doing statistics is context, okay? It's not just a number. What does the number mean? Anybody can throw out a number, and that was something I always took pride in, and, you know, fortunately, people like Chris Berman and Tom Jackson and Bob Rauscher, who hired me there, and um, and Howie Schwab, who was instrumental, you know, stumped the Schwab, yep. uh, was instrumental in me getting it there. And, and I'm, you know, 60 years young and still having a blast. And, you know, some people will call you a nerd. I never thought of you as a nerd back in our ESPN days because back then, you know, we didn't have, you know, Chuck Wilson, my radio partner with Keith, Chuck would bring in, the war and peace of statistics. He would kill more trees in the Brazilian rainforest to do shows only because we didn't have access to everything back in the early 90s. Yes, we had some internet, but it was just basically like news service stories that would come over when games yeah. ended, or we would watch yeah. games live on monitors and then get the stats and the breakdowns and the, uh, you know, the, the scoreboard sheets and the stats and the final numbers afterwards. But, you know, people would call you, consider you a nerd today. But that's not an insult, is it, when you're good at what you do and you can break it down at your levels? Oh, absolutely. You know, I go back to the days when I was doing primetime in the early days, and, you know, you didn't have the statistical system that comes right from the teams and, and the games and everything now, Tony, you know, the, provided by the league. Uh, I used to have to call the press boxes to get numbers on the later games and then get them out there to Tommy and Boomer and, you know, be it Bill Pito or Robin Roberts or Stuart Scott. Who else, whoever else was doing the show, you literally had to run back and forth, and you're trying to figure out the playoffs. And um, it, it's a lot different right now. And, and I, I like the fact that I was weaned in that era because I will always have that. If the Internet somehow goes down, we don't pay our bill one day, I still have that all ingrained in my head. Exactly. The great Russell Baxter. You can follow him on Twitter. And he's one of the guys, you know, we always call people – <clears throat> gurus. I used to call Bino Cook the Pope of college football. He was the cardinal of college football, the late great Bino. I elevated to Pope status because that's how much I loved him and how great he was to have on every weekend on ESPN Radio talking about college football. But you can follow Russell. He is. He is a guru. 
the pro football guru. You can follow him on Twitter. Now, did you name yourself? Because if, if somebody else calls you a guru, I think that's okay. But if you call yourself a guru, uh, do you get ripped for that, or should you get ripped for that? Well, it's, it's funny. I'll get people on Twitter every once in a while get, say, well, the self-proclaimed pro football guru. Well, first, I did not. Second off, I would never reference myself like that. That's just not my style. Pro football guru comes from Mike Greenberg, okay? When I used to do a segment. Never heard of him. Is he, is he, is he a guy? That, where is he working? <laughs> I heard he's going places. <laughs> um, Wait, you mean the I guy heard, that replaced me at ESPN Radio? I heard he gets up early in the morning and does his thing. When I used to do, and, and, and let me throw, throw this out since you mentioned Chuck. Chuck Wilson, I would, I would say yourself, and John Rook were pivotal in having me come on the air every once in a while. A researcher didn't come on the air at ESPN, and I was afforded that opportunity, and I think it paved the way what those guys did for me for guys like Brad Edwards and Chris Felica, who is now referred to as the Bear and has an instrumental role with college football. But let me go back to I used to do a segment, and I know you remember this, Tony, called The Five Things You Need to Know. Yep. And it was something I recorded um, on Thursday, and they would play it Friday morning for Greeny and Golick. And it re- what the five things really you need to know really was was four instrumental pieces of information and one cheap shot at Mike Greenberg about the New York Jets. Well, you have to do that. That's, that's still ingrained. I think anybody who now works at ESPN, they're contractually obligated to rip Greeny for Northwestern and Jets stories. Well, I can also tell you, there were a couple weeks where I didn't do a Jet one, and Greeny sent me an email and said, are you mad at me? <laughs> but anyway, for years and years and years, I was introduced as the dean and the guru as the NFL research department. That was all Mike Greenberg. That was his standard introduction for me. When I wound up leaving, we went searching for website names. We found Pro Football Guru. We couldn't believe no one had it. I grabbed it. And it's, it's, it's a moment like self-promotional, you know? I've never called myself a guru. If I was going to call myself, I'm more built like a Buddha than I'm a guru. So. And the best part about it, you were smart enough to jump on it before somebody else yes. did and then would charge you $10,000 to get that title away, uh, that, that website away from you. Because that happened yeah, exactly. to me. I had people when I was starting to become well-known at ESPN and then Fox and then you know, Madden and stuff. I, I, I tried to get TonyBrunoShow.com, and some realtor in the Bay Area took it, and I called him on the air and said, Why is, is your, his name was Tony Bruno, so I couldn't agree with him. But I said, so when people are looking up, so I put him on, and I said, why did you take TonyBruno.com? You work for Century 21. You're trying to sell people $4 million homes you know, in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the beautiful areas of San Francisco. He said, well, I figured you know, people would be looking for you, and then they'd accidentally see my name. And, oh, and then they're going to buy a $4 million house thinking that it's me? So I yeah. give the guy credit. So he wouldn't give me the name. I, he, didn't want, he wasn't trying to sell it to me to, to his credit. He wasn't saying, hey, you give me ten grand, i will let you have your name back, because it was his name. But that kind of stuff happens. But let's get to the business, though, because you break okay. this down. You know, we're talking the ESPN stuff is just breaking from Andrew Marshawn. And certainly, you know, and again, we love all these people. We work with so many fun people. Who, you know, yep. former players who become analysts. Some of them really skyrocket. Tony Romo. You look at the names of the guys. You know, Pat Summerall was, the, to me, the greatest former player turned not only Hall of Fame player, but turned Hall of Fame broadcaster. 
in the history of the NFL. You know, you got John Madden, and the names are there. But then there's a lot, the newer generation of guys retire, you know, they're pretty glib, people like them, and they get a chance to get a gig. And it happens in our business, you know, and, and I think the problem with Booger McFarland, if he in fact is gone, is what happened over the weekend. When, you, when ESPN is a very conscious of what's happening company, when they see their, their analysts, their Monday night analysts being mocked on Twitter for saying obvious things in some cases during a live broadcast, that doesn't, that doesn't look good for the company. Do you believe that that's probably the reason why they may be moving forward and making the changes again in the Monday night booth? Yeah, well, you know, doing Monday night football, um, I, I think, uh, you know, not to speak out of turn, but Monday night football in some ways will never recapture what it was when Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford and Don Marriott, I'm not trying to say be an old fogey here or anything like that, Alex Karras, Fred Williamson, um, it was a different time of how to watch the NFL, Tony. You know that as well as anyone. And even even um, OJ killed it for a while on Monday Night Football, so to speak. Well, yeah, he was, he was certainly. I was. A big, I loved Alex Carey. I thought Alex Carey was absolutely sensational. Um, and he was fun, and he had the right demeanor, and he was perfect with the other two guys uh, in the booth, and so on. And you know as well as anyone, um, people watched halftime to get their halftime highlights. There was no NFL prime time. Exactly. If you were watching CBS and you're, you're, you know, the NFC was on CBS and, and the AFC was on NBC when I was growing up, they didn't promote each other like the networks do now. Exactly. Okay? So it was different. You couldn't watch a game on your phone. You couldn't watch a game on the Internet. Howard Cosell, if I, if I heard the stories right, he would actually get letters from fans and say, how come you don't have the Browns in the halftime highlights? How come you don't have the Steelers in the halftime highlights and so on? That's how people got their information. And I think ever since that era went away, it's been a tough call to replace it. And I think ESPN has tried countless different ways to do it and so with different angles and um, different people in the booth and, and, and so on. And I think it's been up and down and hot and cold, and, and some of them, you know, have been absolutely superb and so on. Um, but you're right. I, I think you've got to the main point. When one of your analysts is becoming the butt of more jokes, sadly, than necessarily what he is saying regarding football. And listen, everybody's a critic now. I mean, Chris Collinsworth gets hammered for just about everything he says. Yep. Joe Buck, even Joe Buck, Russell, yes. who I think is one of the great broadcasters of all time, yes. he is hated in pretty much every city because the fan base thinks that he's rooting against their team. Oh, I know. Oh, it, 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 isn't it amazing? I mean, they really have a stake in this, don't they? Because it would just do nothing. But I, I was talking with somebody on Facebook today who was angry because he felt that Troy Aikman should not say anything bad about the Cowboys because they gave him the Super Bowls, 92, 93, and 95. <laughs> now, I, I, you know, I remember watching it, those games. I, I, I think Troy might have had something to do. I don't remember him going up to, like, uh, you know, a, a drive-in window and saying, hey, can I have three Super Bowls, please? Exactly. By the way, I have breaking news just now as we're on with Russell Baxter, Bax football guru. Follow him on Twitter. I mean, the guy knows his stuff. And we'll get to the coaches here quickly, but – the XFL has just announced there will be no coaches' challenges in the new XFL, which starts in February. 
All reviews will be determined by a replay official. They're looking for the entire replay process to be completed in 60 seconds. So they're learning from the NFL's mistakes. And now with this new league, which will kick off February 8th, right after the Super Bowl, they're, they're, they're aware that if they're going to develop a, an audience, they've got to try. They can't try to be NFL light or NFL extreme nope. like the, the first version of the XFL tried to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the way you said that, too. The first version was almost like XFL defiant, okay? Yeah. We're, hey, we're more fun than you are, and we're going to show you how much fun we are with He Hate Me and all these other stuff. They are learning. See, to me, the USFL would have hung around a lot longer if they had not decided to get a little greedy. And I say that because you remember they were a 12-team league. In one year, they added six teams and went to 18. The third year, they had to compressed down to 14. I watched the Arena Football League thrive for decades and develop its own niche audience. If you do this patiently and you do it right, you are going to develop your own audience because the appetite for professional football, the appetite for any football period, is monstrous. I mean, it's, it's, it's proven all the time. You know, what's better than the NFL season? The NFL offseason. No, I agree with you. Russell back. Now, of course, we had a couple of developments. Now, the interesting story here at this hour is that the only opening now in the NFL for the coaching jobs is the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns obviously have their sights on a couple of people, but most notably Eagles defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz, who's supposed to interview for that job tomorrow. And, of course, Bill Belichick and Jim Schwartz go back. Remember when, when Belichick was in Cleveland back in the day, when you know nobody thought he could coach before until he got New England and got Tom Brady for the for the next generation, but the Belichick, Belichick and, and Jim Schwartz obviously go back. Schwartz goes back to Cleveland days, and now they're going to call him and have him in there tomorrow. And you know here in Philly, when the Eagles' defense was struggling, the injuries, everybody picked on Jim Schwartz every week, and people are saying they got to run him out of here at the end of the season. But you know when you look at Jim Schwartz's body of work here in Philly. Well, you know, their linebacking core is mediocre at best. They've had all kinds of problems with secondary safeties other than Malcolm yeah. Jenkins who yeah. can tackle, cornerbacks who can cover. And this one stat I saw earlier, he's allowed 30 points or more only eight times in 70 NFL games as the defensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles. So people want him bum-rushed out of here. And now there's always a replacement. Somebody can replace anybody. But be careful what you wish for, because I think if G Jim Schwartz is gone, it's not Jim Schwartz's for 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 fault that the Eagles didn't draft good linebackers. It's not his fault. You know, we always see this. You coach who the, who the general manager gives you to coach. And so I think Jim Schwartz has done a hell of a job with the talent that he's had with him on this franchise. I, I think so, too. They are a team that is uh, predominant. Uh, you know, it's funny. They're the opposite of New England in the sense that New England's defense is built from the back end, which is why as the season wore on, New England got run on because their front four or their defensive line isn't that good. Philadelphia is polar opposite. Philadelphia is usually very good on the line and very deep on the line. They've struggled, with, obviously, with the issue line, and the secondary injuries have been a disaster. I mean, let's not forget, for what it's worth, Tom Brady threw for 505 yards in the Super Bowl and Eagles. And lost. And lost. And lost. <laughs> exactly. So, um, no, I agree with you. I think Schwartz is an outstanding defensive coordinator. And 
Cleveland, you know, as much as the turnovers and, and the play calling and Freddie Kitchen's inexperience and, um, you know, the bravado that the Cleveland Browns had this year and so on, I think their defense kind of went under the radar in terms of not getting enough blame for how deficient they were. And I know Greg Williams moved on and so on, but um, I think their defense was a big disappointment. It was even a big disappointment with Miles Garrett in there as well. There's a lot of these teams in the league, as you know, that are great at rushing the passer. But I can tell you something that's held up for a long time in the league. It's hard to get a sack when the running back has the ball. Russell Baxter. Now, of course, earlier today we saw two jobs quickly snapped up. Matt Rule, who I've been saying for the last couple of years since I knew him at Temple, was an up-and-comer. And obviously he had that one year with the Giants after he uh, was an assistant at Temple for many years, then went to the Giants for one year as a coach and then went back to Temple, got the head coaching job and made his name nationally with a 10-win season, ten seasons back-to-back for the first time in the school history. Goes to Baylor and takes a bad team and gets them into a bowl game, Big 12 coach of the year. So everybody thought it was a lock that he was going to go back to the Giants. And then mm-hmm. Carolina swooped him up. Did that, did that whole sequence surprise you? And the fact that after, after the Giants didn't get Matt Rule, they go after another Philly guy. Now, uh, Matt Rule is from New York, but obviously has a lot of Philly connections. Joe Judge, a Philly guy who obviously you know, had some success, although people are now mocking his success with the New England Patriots special teams, which really haven't been that special recently. They were pretty special this year, I will say. They yes. blocked a lot of punts this year. And, um, hey, John Harbaugh was a special team coach. Yep. So I, I think what you, what's interesting, and I know the track record of the Belichick's assistants, um, you know, Matt Patricia and Romeo Cornell, who, you know, he goes, wait, he goes back to Parcells and so on. So people point that out, although it's, I find it interesting over the last couple of years, Tony, that – Bill Belichick had a tougher time beating his former assistants. He lost to Matt Patricia last year. He lost to Mike Rabel twice now. Um, he lost to Brian Flores in the, at the end of the, of the year. Um, when the Miami Dolphins hired Brian Flores, they, bear with me for a second, they were not only looking to, to start over, they were looking for a culture change. And how can you deny the culture in New England? It's, you know, it's the best in the league. Uh, you know, 19 consecutive winning seasons. Only the Dallas Cowboys in the 60s and 80s did that longer and so on. So, I mean, they're, they're not a perfect franchise, but I think that was one of the appeals. And, 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 listen, I've been trying to track this all day. You know, who blinked first, the Giants or the Panthers, in terms of Matt Rule and Joe Judge, depending on who you listen to, there, there's different versions and so on. I, I, it's just very fascinating because you have um, – Joe Judge, who's in New England for like eight years, mm-hmm. doing what he was doing um, and learning and obviously, you know, taking in everything the franchise uh, has done. And then you have Matt Rule, who with Temple and Baylor was really a reclamation guy in terms of bringing back those uh, two programs. Um, by the way, very interesting. Matt Rule is the first Carolina Panthers head coach with an offensive background. You go back and look at their history. Dom Capers, George Seifert, Ron Rivera, John Fox, even Perry Fuel, who was the interim coach for four games, all defensive guys. So here comes Matt Rule, and hopefully that bodes well for them. He ran a very balanced offense at Baylor, and the way Carolina played defense at the end of the year, 
keeping that defense off the field would be a, a, a plus. Now, of course, he hasn't named defensive coordinator yet. But um, I, I found both – to me, the, the hiring process with the head coaches is always fascinating because depending what you truly need, okay? And Carolina, listen, they were in the Super Bowl in 2015. They've had three losing seasons the last four years, made the playoffs in 2017. Um, they're hoping to bounce back. Listen, they lost their – they were 5-3. and three. They lost the last eight games. Yep. So – you know, the Carolina – it's funny. The Carolina Panthers have been around for 25 seasons now, Tony, and they still have never had back-to-back winning campaigns. Always love having conversations with the great Russell Baxter, breaking everything down, not just one topic beating to death every day like we do a lot of times in, in local sports talk. There's one final note, though, that's breaking news that I'm sure you've seen this now. It comes from the MLS – board ladies and gentlemen i don't know if you saw this jay ajayi most recently brought back by the eagles for a couple of games until they realized that he had nothing left in the tank and couldn't run faster than than josh mccown former eagle running back and super bowl champion is now going pro in esports he's going to represent the philadelphia union in the emls 2020 league series one how about that Listen, I, 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 that might take a couple months of research for me to dig up on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring you know you bring that up. But one of my favorite things, I, I digress, semi-digress. When the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, we heard so much about Nick Foles, and we heard about what Tom Brady couldn't do, even though for 505 yards. The most underrated aspect of what Philadelphia did to Bill Belichick that day was run the football on his defense. Yep. With Garrett Blunt, Jay and Jai, and Corey Clement. And, and and ironically, you just saw Derrick Henry gouge them. That day in the Super Bowl, the Eagles had 164 yards on the ground against the Bill Belichick defense. That was pretty impressive. And just to keep you to bring you up to date, because I you know we're on Twitch, which obviously is very, very big in the e gaming community and people watching video. Video games are huge and esports, they're building esports arenas everywhere, including here in Philly. Right. So what Jay Ajay is going to do, he's actually the first he's going to be tried to become the first pro athlete and the first NFL player to become a professional gamer. And he's gonna be he's gonna start at January tenth in a couple of days, and uh, he's gonna become a professional gamer representing the city of Philadelphia, obviously a Londoner. And so he's going to represent Philly and the Union, the local MLS team, uh, in this eSports competition, which features 25 of the best professional FIFA 20 gamers around the world. And each one of these players represents an MLS team and competes for the Series 1 trophy, as well as $7,500 in cash. I'm sure that $7,500 is really, really going to make Jay Ajayi. Again, listen, you can do whatever he wants, but I doubt that Jay Ajayi is really that jacked up to be playing against guys from all over the world to win $7,500, which is basically two weeks on the practice squad with the Eagles. Well, all I'll say is this. As a very prominent and good friend of mine and someone you know very, very well, if I told him this this story, you know what he would say? Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm trying to re- – there's a lot of young people. Even though I'm an old guy and you're an old guy too, not as old as me, you've got to represent the e-gaming community. It's a big deal to a lot of people. So I'm not going to sit here and just rip these people because no. I'm old. No, no, no. I mean, listen, if anything we, we should learn this, these, this day is 
you have to be open-minded about everything. Exactly. Close-minded, close-minded in our business is it, it gets you sitting on the couch doing nothing. That's exactly. the bottom line. And and this will be this will, honestly, this will wind up being like a great story. ESPN or whoever wants to pick it up. What's JHI doing now and so on? And down the road, this will wind up being a, a very, very interesting story because this is something that is really, you know, been important to a lot of people. You know, if you would have said this like five years ago, I remember people talking about esports and so on. It was kind of like an afterthought. It's not an afterthought anymore. It's no. Kind of like, kind of like where fantasy football was about 30 years ago. Like, eh, fantasy football? Now – now think of the NFL without fantasy football. Yeah, we used to call it rotisserie back when baseball yeah. was the only sport that was doing rotisserie baseball. Keith Olbermann, probably the greatest rotisserie guy of all time. Right. My favorite rotisserie team was Boston Market. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, nothing brings a segment to an end better than a chicken joke. The great <laughs> Russell Baxter, Bax football guru. Follow him. Love him. Read him. He knows his shit. I know you can't say that on regular radio, but we can here on the podcast on Twitch.tv, Tony Bruno Show. Russell, great to talk to you, my friend. You got it. I'm in touch with that emotion. No problem. Thank you. Russell Brax. Let's give him a roaring round of applause, Robin. Get out. No, I'm not telling him to get out. I'm giving him a roaring round. And, uh, you know, I I love all the, the Twitch fans. are like, boy, this is a really long segment. You know why it was a really long segment? Because we covered a lot of ground there. And because I can do long segments. I can talk to people and ask them a lot of different questions as opposed to just getting a guy on for five minutes saying, I got to go to break. I'm up against a break here. I'm sorry we can't get to the other really important stories like the Giants hiring a new head coach. I know. There was so much going on uh, all of a sudden. The Dallas Cowboys. All of these other things about Matt Rule and Joe Judge. And Tony... And Jim Schwartz, you know, may the Schwartz be with you, but not in Cleveland. We have more breaking news. This is regarding your your trash rant this morning. Somebody reached out. Somebody trashing me now on Twitter? That that would be unique. No. uh, Is that guy Terry? By the way, get that guy's Terry number. His number. Did you save it? The next time he calls, I I will have his pal... President Donald Trump launch a drone strike on his ass. And I want it to go straight up his ass. I hate people like that. That They make it sound like they're, when they call in, that they're going to talk about something else. And then they they do that on purpose just so that they can rip the host. You I know, don't care if people disagree with me. I'm, yeah, I'm one no, of the most tolerant fine. people on but the face of the earth. Don't surprise people with it. Like, I, he told me that he wanted to talk about the Australian fires. And then, obviously, that's not what he wanted to talk no, about. No, he's a phony, and he's, right. he's a lot of guy that, you know, he's like a lot of the Mike, Mike Francesa callers, but at least they're a little more sharp. You know, the, the best Mike Fran and Mike Francesa is a Hall of Famer and obviously is a legend in this, in this business of sports talk radio. But the Funhouse site on Twitter, it's at Funhouse. He's the one who chronicled all the Mike Francesa shows and would always play calls. The one guy last year, he put up his quote, his phone call of the year to Mike Francesa. Uh-huh. Oh, that was funny. And it was, did you see, remember that one? Yes. A guy calls him, and, you know, and he sounds like a regular caller. Yeah, yeah. Terry sounds like a lunatic from the first second you hear his voice. But the really good prank callers who do this and try to catch a host off, you know, off his game are the ones that can actually pull it off 
and Francesca's reaction to it. We got to find it, though. We got to go to at Funhouse because I can't do it justice. And I, I know I'm putting a lot of stuff on your plate here, Robin, but it's really, really, really a brilliant phone call and a brilliant response by Mike Francesca. That's what makes radio fun to me. People can call me and disagree with me. You know, people can try to one-up me. It's not, this isn't a contest. This is a show. Right. You either like it or you don't. And if you don't like somebody's opinions, you know what you do? You don't listen. It's a really simple, simple thing. I don't watch television shows that I despise. I don't watch television shows that Robin watches. I leave the room. I ridicule her. Yep. And then I go upstairs and I put on the science channel. And I learn while she's watching vapid, senseless shows about nothing that matters. I prefer to watch shows that educate, inform, and entertain. But we're all different. I don't yell at Robin when she's watching bad shows. I may make a snide <laughs> comment as I walk by, but I don't get into arguments about luck. That's why, that's why God invented big screens in multiple rooms. That's why Fios and Comcast can charge you $300 a month so you can have a TV in every room in your house so that you can get away from the ones you love but the ones that you also don't share very many opinions with or don't agree with many things when it comes to television viewing habits. That's what, makes, that's what keeps couples together, the ability to get away from one another in your own house so that you don't have to deal with the crap that they like or the crap that you like. That's how you keep peace on the streets and in the community. Unity in the community. That's my message for today. Yes, now, Robin. What's the breaking news? Well, no, it, it uh, somebody heard your rant, and on Who's everybody on, heard my oh, rant. Know, well, everybody but, listening, of course. But um, also on Twitter, a gentleman by the name of Darius Mayfield uh, reached out. Not and, Baker Mayfield. No, Darius. He's still, is he still well, cleaning up his house for expecting a big uh, group of people to come over this weekend. I don't know, but Darius Mayfield is a CEO. Um, he's a philanthropist, and he's co-founded all these different organizations, and he. Ha, is the one that is uh, pushing this cleaning up the Philly, uh, clean up Philly campaign. Yes. And um, and this kid, Scott Pressler, uh, he, he follows me on Twitter. Now, Scott Pressler is a young guy who's obviously a conservative activist, but instead of going and burning now, cities Darius down. Darius Mayfield is a libertarian. He's, no, I know. Again, yeah. this isn't about politics. This is right. about people who care about their communities, which I've always done, and it's documented. I'm not just jumping on the, hey, you know what, I'm going to go clean the streets. I have documented proof that in 1989, Robin, we have pictures to prove it. We had Bruno's Broom Brigade. Mm -hmm. When I was the morning guy at WCAU 12 But even back then, was it as bad as it is? No, but we didn't clean streets. There were playgrounds that the city neglected where, you know, there was broken glass on the basketball courts. We didn't go clean up neighborhoods. We would go to – people would send in a list of playgrounds. Nowadays, you know, big-time athletes – get big corporations, which is good because they get attention for it. You know, if there's a playground where the swings are broken down right, and the right. basketball yeah. doesn't have a hoop on it. And it's not safe. And it's not safe and there's broken glass and grass growing between cracks. Those are the kinds of things we can do. And now, thankfully, a lot of big-name athletes do that. They go and help rebuild playgrounds so that the kids have a place to go out and play. You know, the new playgrounds have that rubberized surface so that the kids fall. You know, they're not ripping their knees apart with shattered glass and, and syringes everywhere. So I was doing that kind of stuff. was just cleaning on Saturday mornings, having people, listeners tell me, hey, which playground do you think we should go and help clean up next? And we would have power washers. 
You know, I'd be bring clippers, cut the grass, put a new basketball hoop up. Those are the kinds of things we can do as, as citizens who care about the kids and the playgrounds. But now it's gone beyond that. Now it's just absolute trash I know, all over insane. the place. And, and, and all the people who are screaming about we have to save the planet and keep the earth clean, they're the ones who don't go out and do any of this stuff. They sit at home and virtue signal on the Internet and tell everybody, oh, no, what are you, why are you arguing, Tony? There's no problem in Philly with trash. I go out every day and document There's a huge it. problem. And Darius Mayfield and Scott Pressler, they're coming to the city, and they're, they're, they're doing this Operation Philly cleanup, and they're, they plan to clean up 100 tons of trash in Philadelphia in one day. That's just City Hall one alone. Day. That's inside <laughs> City Hall. So There's more trash in City he Hall. Wants to, he wants to come on the show and talk about it. I want him to come on because, again, I, I don't want to be – I'm not trying to be a hero here. I, I just it just it's really the thing that bought more than the politics and right wing and left wing and who's wrong about wars are going to be war rather than deal with that shit, because I don't know anything about that. I don't pretend to be a foreign policy expert. Everybody's an expert on everything now. I'm not an expert. I know a little bit about everything and a lot about nothing. But I know that there are things I can do that make me feel better about myself. I can't figure out a way to stop climate change. Nobody can. But you know what I can I, I can respond to is picking up trash when I walk down the street and there's a trash can right there I and I pick it up and put it in the trash can. That's what I do. Is that going to save the planet? No, but you know what? That bottle or can that doesn't go down the sewer and then go out into the Delaware River and float with body parts and everything else into the river, that's not going to do that. So that's, that's the little the little I, things we could all do. And I do think that there's a mindset. Like if you see a lot of trash on the ground. If you are not one of those people that would never put trash on the ground, it's easier to say, oh, there's already trash here. What's the big deal? One more. And that's sort of it. It compiles. It's like a domino effect. Yeah. Whereas if it's clean, you are less likely to throw something down. And why are people becoming more slobs now than ever before? You do this. On, and it doesn't even have to. This isn't just a Philly story. You drive on a freeway, right? And you get off an exit ramp. And when you go down the exit ramp and there's a light or a stop sign, invariably you will see on especially on the driver's side or if there's people in the car on both sides of that exit ramp in the grass trash bottles cans uh mcdonald's bags any bag you can think of people can't take that bag of trash in their car take it home and put it in a trash can they have to throw it out the window right on the side of the road that that's one that to me is my biggest pet peeve is filth and litter and it's always been that way because I grew up with my mom. Mm -hmm. oh, who had, everything has to be freak. meticulous. And my mom, and in fact on this street, now my mom's 95 and she can't do that anymore. But my mom would always invariably go out there. They would open the fire hydrant on Saturdays and we would wash the streets down and push the water into the sewers. But there weren't any bottles and cans or debris in it. Mm -hmm. The water would go into the sewers and the street would be clean. They would scrub the, the little old Italian ladies would get the little scrub brush. And, and, they the, scrub and the cleanser. The marble stoops. Every They're Saturday, they would scrub the marble stoops, hose it down, and then sit outside and enjoy the night. <laughs> and, and sit outside and talk to their neighbors. Well, I'm not trying to be an old guy. People still do that in many towns. Yeah. They still want to hang out with their neighbors in their neighborhoods, get to know people. in the neighborhood. And so I'm not on a soapbox here, but nothing bothers me more. When I pull off a road or I drive by, the, I drive by Broad Street or Broad and Snyder, you go to any major intersection in the city. Why do people just throw stuff on the street? 
and not think twice about it. I know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird phenomenon. I don't understand uh, the thought process, why you would not want your neighborhood, your, where you live, why you would not want it and make sure to make it look nice. It's, I don't get it. I don't get it. Again, I'm not going to clean the world or fix the world. It's about, you know, we always talk about but just, I like just, the, I ma love just this make idea. people aware. Mm -hmm. I mean, then guess what? People are aware. You, what, what human being on this planet doesn't know that there are signs everywhere. Littering, $300 fine. Pick up your dog, $300 fine. Whoever gets fined for littering. Do you know anybody that gets We want more laws in this country. And we want more laws that are going to stop things when the laws that are already on the books aren't being enforced. Yeah. Laws are a feel-good way to make us think that new laws are going to fix the problems that have already been ignored with existing laws. Jesus. All right. uh, Bruno's cousin checks in on Twitter. Forget weekly street sweeping. There needs to be a Charles Bronson-type figure who assassinates the litterers. Having a once-in-a-while street sweeping truck Coming through doesn't really accomplish anything. Well, no. Now, I obviously, he's joking. By the way, yeah, he's joking. that's sarcasm for all of you who may not understand this. We don't need a Charles Bronson figure. First of all, he's dead and he's too old. And then, of course, there was a re reboot with Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis had the right idea, too. Although, you know, if some guy did me wrong and he's, like, underneath his car and he's got it jacked up and he did me wrong, I'm not going to say to the guy, hey, and knock the jack off so it crushes his skull. I think that way sometimes, but I would not do that. But there are certain people that need a vigilante, somewhat a vigilante to stop by and yes. pay him a visit. And these are really, really, really bad people, not uh, no. potentially bad people. I think it's just a, it's, it's a, well, the city obviously doesn't care, so I'm not going to care either. And I think that that's one of the things that's pro that the problem here in Philadelphia is when they stopped, when the city stopped cleaning up the streets, and they then it shows that they don't care. So the people stopped caring. And we're running out of places to put all this trash, but, you know, we still get trash collected. But to me, it's a people problem. It's not, the, the government obviously fails because their, their job is to do the things that – to sweep the streets, to keep the water running and the lights on and the, and the gas working so people can have heat and water and cooling. The sewers need to be clean because, mm -hmm. you know – Every city, for the most part, has leaves that fall down. And they used to come up and in some communities, you know, when the, when the leaves fall on our street, in some places you pile the leaves, leaves up in, the, in a spot, and then a truck would come by, one of those big sucker things, you know, big hose. Yeah. And everybody would put their leaves together, and then the, they would say, okay, on Thursday we're going to come by, and we're going to have this big, gigantic suction tube, and we're going to take all those leaves off the streets. That's awesome. So that when, when, when winter sets in, and the leaves are all gone, and it starts to rain or snow, then the sewers don't back up. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even an industrial engineer, although I do like industrial well, light here, orchestra. On and our all street, the problem is that uh, our street is sunk on one side where all the cars park, more so than the other side. So everything goes to the side and, and washes to the side where the cars are parked. So we can't even clean up all the stuff that's underneath the cars because the cars are there. Again, it's, anyway. it sounds like we're bitching yes, and pontificating. We we're not. I'm acting as a citizen, not as a radio host, not as some 
guy who has ambitions to become a politician so I can fix the world. There's no way you could become a politician, Tony, not in today's age. No, we got a lot of big suckers in town. Enough. I know a lot of suckers down here in Philadelphia, but that's not the kind of sucker I'm talking about this time. You, know you are not PC enough to be a politician. This is a and there's su- naked pictures of you. There's this, this, is, I'm a, <laughs> this is sucker-free Twitch TV, baby. Well, that could be the new lo- slogan here. Sucker-free Twitch TV. Tony Bruno show. I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead later on, Robin. And people are asking, <laughs> is this a two-hour show or a three-hour show? This is a two-hour show um, for multiple reasons. Uh, but we have found that the third hour, I think people, um, for whatever, they're, they're, there must be, the, like, people have to get back to work after the two, listening to two hours. Are you kidding? People, people, if people didn't have phones or Internet in their workplace, Imagine how much more work would get done. All of the people who are on my Twitter feed, they're all supposed to be working. Yet somehow they they managed to stay on Twitter from 9 to 5 and beyond. I'm on Twitter a lot after the show. I sit down. I go through all the emails and stuff and and make some comments and trigger some people, which is what I do. But for the most part, I'm about fun and frivolity. When serious shit happens, I'm all Speaking over Speaking of fun and frivolity. Yes. Do we have an update? We do have a Florida update. Would you like to do it's that It's about now? damn time, Robin. You've been, you've been, you've been, uh, you've been uh, slacking off all day long on the show. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Let's get it back to the Florida update, ladies and gentlemen. Down to Florida. We welcome you to the Sunshine State. They're kicking back and soaking up the rays every day in Florida. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go down there to Florida. Down there in the Sunshine State where there's more license, different license plates than even all the celebrities and going to jail could make for the people of the great state of Florida. Your correspondent, Miss Robin. Now, I don't always do, you know, I don't always make fun of Florida. Florida makes fun of itself. This is a fantastic feel-good story. Oh, this is a positive Florida story? This is story? a positive Florida story. How the hell did that happen? Because we know how how much you love animal movies, Tony Bruno. Yes, this I was, do. This was a scary, this w- could have been a very sad story, especially in Florida with all the gators out there. But um, a, a man was in a car crash on New Year's Eve. And when his car crashed, it was a pretty, like, it, it, he overturned the car. The windows were broken. Wow. And his chihuahua. Now, he was, survived, obviously. He survived, obviously. Now, his chihuahua was in the car with him. Chihuahua named Max. And when uh, the Max got scared, ran away from the accident scene, and his owner could not find him. Nobody could find him. And it was, like, out there in the swamplands with the gators and everything. And... Days went by. They went out looking for him. Couldn't find him. Finally, a week, an entire week after the crash, and he went out every day back to the crash scene. Max was gone. And a week after the crash, um, they went back. And look at what happened here. I'm going to pull it over to you. If you're watching us on Twitch.tv, you can see the video. But we will describe it for those of you who are not watching. And it... So he's like in a ditch off well, the no, side so of the road. Somebody else. So somebody Come else. Come to my baby. Come to my baby. Come on, here, man. Come here, baby boy. Oh, oh there he is. Oh my god. Oh my god. Boys, I'll tell you what. 
You know, a lot of people don't like Chihuahuas because they're, you know, they're yappers, but they're, they are loyal. Wait, body listen, are to, listen to what oh he says. Oh, my God. I cannot believe this. <laughs> oh, my God. Please this don't let him get in the room. <laughs> Oh well, you didn't. You missed it. You were talking. Hold on Sorry. a second. There's there's a there's a piece where. So let me explain it. So yeah. it looks like there's a side of a road, like a ditch, and the dog is down in in a in a in a spot in the ditch. And there's another guy there who yes. saw the dog, right? Yes. So there was somebody else who saw the dog and called the owner. The dog would not come up to the other person because he was scared. But as soon as he heard his owner, his dad's voice, he came running, and. I'm going to play just the end of it so that you can hear what the owner says. All right, um, so the first guy you hear is the guy with the dog in the ditch, and then the owner sees it and, comes and goes over him. and sits down, and the dog runs up to him right. for those who can't see it. And um, here, let me play this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You smell terrible. Did you hear that? Oh, boy. Did you hear that? He goes, oh, you smell terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Our neighbors, Joe and Charlie, two two houses away from us, have Mm -hmm. these two chihuahuas. And every time they go out, they are just the most loving. They just love everybody. They want to lick your face. You know, they lick their ass, and then they lick your face. And then you say, I know that dog just licked its own ass, but I don't care. He can lick my mouth and my face. (laughs) It's a dog. But, well, I mean, the poor dog I mean, dog if he's not getting sick licking his own ass. The poor dog was out there for a week by himself. Oh, it was a week? That's how long week. later? That, yes. that much later? And he didn't get eaten by an alligator. He was out there, you know, like it was, It was. I think it was even Alligator Alley. I'm not I'm not 100%, but it kind of looks like that kind of location. And uh, so Max had an Probably adventure. Probably every side of the road in Florida looks like that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but... Uh, his owner obviously ecstatic and just overwhelmed that Max survived somehow or another unharmed, even though he smelled terrible. He didn't care. Well, what, not, humans aren't going to smell bad after. I know after around. a week. Have you walked by a human who's been out for a week on the streets without a bath? Love this story, though. Have you been to San Francisco later, Robin? Coming lately? <laughs> Isn't that a great story? It was on. It was a Flagler County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. So, um, Flagler? Flagler. I don't know where Flagler County is. Dean checks, and I'm sure the dog can outrun the Gators, not the Florida Gators football team, because they did get a big win over Virginia a couple weeks ago in one of the bowls that nobody ever heard of. It Was that the Red Box Bowl? There was a bowl game on last night. Why are there still bowl games on after the holidays? There's one big game that matters. I don't know. Are they still peppering the airwaves with meaningless college bowl games at this particular time? Hey, you know, there's a lot of people that live for that shit. Not really, no. They really aren't, Robin. <laughs> Tony. What? It's almost the end. Do you have anything else? Any other seeds of wisdom to impart to our fabulous listeners? Well, I do have a baseball note here today. The Philadelphia Phillies, of course, one of the teams that change managers. Joe Girardi, as you know, is the new manager. And pitchers and catchers not that far away in February. Mm-hmm. Reporting down to Clearwater and all over baseball, uh, depending on who your favorite team is. So Joe Girardi has finally filled out the final two spots on his new coaching staff with a fight and build. Here's the two, two, the fifth Polkaroba. He is hired. And what do coaches do and managers do when they get a new job? They, they go back yeah, and find familiar faces. Not that they clean house, but they also go to people that they know and right. trusted and who have worked with them before. And so Joe Girardi doing the same thing, hiring another familiar face, 
Bobby Meacham. Bobby Meacham, if you remember, was a shortstop infielder with the Yankees when Joe Girardi was there. And then uh, he became uh, basically a third base coach for a couple teams. He was with the Yankees, Florida Marlins, and then first base coach with San Diego and the Astros. And his last job was a AAA manager in Buffalo for the last three years. So he will be the Phillies' new assistant coach. So he's basically like the assistant, you know, the go-to guy. He's not going to be a first-base coach, third-base coach. He's going to be one of the – he's not going to be the guy that used to go up to Gabe Kapler and say, yeah, Gabe, the analytics say uh, don't bunt here because we don't bunt anymore because that's bullshit. Uh, he's, he's going to be his assistant coach. He also hired a new bullpen catching coach, Greg Brodzinski. Not the bull Greg Luzinski, who still has bulls barbecue in the outfield. Greg Brodzinski must be Polish. Not that there's anything wrong with that. He's going to be the bullpen slash catching coach. He's been managing in the Class A Phillies organization at Williamsport for the last two years. So all 10 coaches, and there were 10 coaches already. So he has 12 assistant coaches now on his staff, including my favorite coach, his infield coach. You know who the the Phillies' new infield coach is going to be? Who is it going to be? Former DNC presidential candidate Juan Castro is the new Phillies, uh, uh, I believe it's the same guy. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Juan Castro. He will leave the Phillies. He has an out in his contract that if if he's picked to be a vice Vice presidential candidate, he can opt out of his Phillies infield coaching job. So it's a contingency clause. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that's pretty funny, Rob. We love those contingency clauses. Exactly right. And he's former Dodger shortstop. So all of these guys have back, uh, baseball backgrounds. They're not hiring some analytics geek from Harvard sitting with a pencil pocket protector and, you know, douchey-looking glasses. We already had that. Except Gabe Kapler was the exact opposite of the normal douchey analytics guy with the pocket protectors. Yeah, no, no, no. He was the... Um... He was like the... the the what are the Australian dudes that come out naked? Uh, the, the the strippers. Oh yeah, thunder the, down. Thund- he was thunder. the thunder down <laughs> under analytics geek. You thought he was a real tough guy, buff, tan, good looking. Chicks dug him. The banana hammock was in full display. But he was basically just another dork. He was like an alter ego. He had like the yeah, Stephen yeah. Urkel mindset with the thunder down under body. He Follow was like me. the perfect wife. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the oh, how did, how does that go? Now I should have, I should know my uh, sayings better, but the barefoot in the kitchen and a. Pregnant in the ba- no, bedroom. Or a, a, I don't know, Robin, that's sexist I shit. I'm, I'm, I'm I sorry. can't believe you remember that kind of uh, sexist. I don't. Well, that's the problem. I didn't remember thing. it. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody. I got a lot of shit to do today. I got to go to the store and get milk, butter, and eggs. And toilet paper, because Robin uses a lot of toilet paper. It's all my fault. Folks, haven't you figured that out yet? We'll see you tomorrow. Same bat time, same one to three. One to three. One to three. One to three. Thanks for following. Don't forget, follow, tell your friends. It's Tony Bruno Show at twitch.tv slash Tony Bruno Show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. We appreciate all of you. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. In the air, everywhere. God bless America. Don't drink and drive and don't text and drive either. In our world here, there lives a happy little mountain.
Thank you for listening to the Tony Bruno Show on Bruno Nation Live. Don't forget to subscribe on the Twitch mobile app so you don't miss any of Bruno Nation's hilarity and hijinks because it is definitely must-watch radio. Of course, you can catch the archived audio on your favorite podcast app like Spreaker or iTunes. Plus, if you subscribe via Twitch, you can watch any of our archived videos. We hope to see you back here every Monday through Friday. See you soon.